everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. So if y'all want to get crazy, we can get crazy. It's alive, it's alive, it's alive. Welcome to the Two Dudes Movie Reviews Halloween Special. Do you want to play a game? Be afraid. Be very afraid. Spooky people, you're listening to two ghouls movie reviews with and and, uh. (laughs) yep, I'm bleh, as you know, from listening to the show (laughs) regularly. Exactly. The one and only bleh. (laughs) (laughs) I want to make like a an armpit fart sound like the one and only <laughs> there, there you go yeah my name is <laughs> this has nothing to do with halloween uh farts are scary bro mm. whether you're the one smelling it in which case you're delling it or delting it dealt you have dealt it you're dealing it i forgot yeah. that dealt is the past tense of deal <laughs> <laughs> It makes sense in hindsight, but if you're the one who smelt it, that could be scary because it's like, ooh, where did that come from? What did they eat? Mm. Am I going to die from this? Ooh, yeah. And if you're the one who truly did dealt it, then you might be thinking like, oh no, did I shit my pants? What did I eat? (laughs) Am I going to die from this? (laughs) So fart's pretty scary. I like the idea of someone saying, I'm going to deal you a fart. (laughs) Yo, yo, homie, let me deal you a fart real quick. (laughs) Come here. Let me deal you with this fart. You trying to get in on this fart? (laughs) I got a great fart deal. The dealer at like a poker table is just ripping ass. (laughs) Dealer, no deal. (laughs) They open the briefcase and it's just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's like 10 year old farts inside the briefcase <laughs> wait the farts have been in there for 10 years or they are the farts of a 10 year old oh well both yeah <laughs> one is the million dollar case the other one's the one dollar case yeah <laughs> which one's worse? which is a matter of personal taste there should be like the i think the one case the worst case is it one cent or is it a dollar i can't remember what it is on that show but there should be mm. like the big ticket one, which is actual money, but then the last one should be like just like a ten year old fart. And then there's this is gonna be that episode where the person's down. They have like the one. It's like okay, the only two that are left on the board are the ten year old fart or a million dollars. Like, what are you gonna take? And they take. They're like, like I'm sticking with my case. And they just open it up and just <laughs> fart comes out of it. <laughs> just gas. Yeah. <laughs> It's a tiny squeaker. Yeah. <laughs> and the crowd noise is just, oh. <laughs> oh. Wait, wait, I got one. I got one. <laughs> that was it. It was a little, that's the whole, <laughs> all that build up. You open the briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. Yeah. Who's who's the host of that, of that show? It's uh, I don't remember his Howie name. Howie Mandel. Yeah, and then Howie Mandel just starts flossing. <laughs> his teeth are the dance. He does the dance, but it, I mean, it'd, it'd be cool if he flossed his teeth too. Yeah, yeah, it's good hygiene. I lo- I remember when I was a kid and I watched that show. My dad was like, "Do you know how this guy got famous?" And I was like, "How?" He's like, he basically just blew up condoms on his head. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, yeah. That was a big thing for him in the 80s. <laughs> he he was onto something then. Yeah. And now look at him. Bald, germaphobe, <laughs> millionaire, farting into a briefcase. <laughs> it's actually his. That's the twist. <laughs> it's his farts. He stored them for 10 years. Then he <laughs> saw a random 10-year-old on the street and was like, fire this briefcase. Yeah. Just like snatches their ass with the briefcase. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Give me the goods. Howie Mandel, more like 
More like how he man smell. <laughs> I don't know. Is that worth a t-shirt? Yeah. How he how he man smell. <laughs> how he man smell. <laughs> Listen, Colin, don't man smell it to me. Oh, I hate man smellers. That's that's where a man smells something for a woman and then explains how it smells to her. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't man smell this ten year old's fart to me. <laughs> I'm a woman. I'll smell it myself. Yeah. Is it I mean is it chauvinistic or gentlemanly for a man to smell a fart for a woman? <laughs> in in what case would it be like like that's like the equivalent of like he puts his jacket over like a puddle and yeah. like lets it like walk over it. Step around the puddle. Yeah, but but when's that an opportunity where it's just like, don't worry, honey, I'll take this one. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is it because it's one of those things where it's like <laughs> they could just both hold their breath. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not an option. <laughs> it's one of those weird scenarios where um there's so little oxygen that if both people hold their breath, they'll die for some reason. Mm, but yeah. if one person breathes, then everything's okay. Some kind of weird chamber, stasis chamber that 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 would happen. Mm. But no, like is it smelling the fart for her? Is that like rude because you're basically saying like you're not strong enough to smell this fart because you're a lady, but I'm a man, so I'll do this for you? Or is it gentlemanly to be like, my lady, like you don't need to be smelling farts. Let me do this for you. You know what I mean? Like, mm. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> is it more? It You know what? It's a, it's a tight rope to walk these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like you might be, you're a nice guy and you're just trying to hold the door open for a lady. And she's all like, um, excuse me, bro. I don't use doors. How dare you, you sexist pig. <laughs> and it's just like, fuck, I forgot women can fly. <laughs> when you're talking about people in like a chamber and like, yeah, one, only one of them can breathe at a time where they die or whatever. I'm like, this sounds like the plot of an M night movie. Oh dude. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to email him. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I'll put that in the next newsletter. That'll be my next movie pitch. Yeah, you should. I want to make a, like, make this story like a ro- like a rom com, like a romantic comedy, and uh, like the trailer would just be like it'll have clip and like the guy will be like just standing there like looking over his shoulder, and then she'll just be like, you know what? You're not like most guys. And he's like, yeah, I'm not. And then he just goes and just starts to sniff and fart. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. I want him to be like a wine connoisseur mm-hmm. where like he can like tell where and like when the fart is from, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like he's just like, is that a, is that a, a Matt LeBlanc? Oh, aged 10 years. That's a Chris Taylor, 1980. Ooh. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Is that? Johnny Depp circa Gilbert Grape era? <laughs> this is just a butler. And he's just like, <laughs> you are a tune, sir. <laughs> yeah. You do know your farts. I wonder if anybody's ever saved one of their farts in a briefcase deal or no deal type scenario and then died. And then... This, the briefcase is lost for so long that now the fart is actually older than the person ever was. Mm. And then you have like, how does a fart age? Like, I wonder if it maintains it's like youthful aroma. Like if so, like a 10 year old boy farts into a briefcase. Now mm-hmm. that boy is 20. Yeah. The fart is 10 years old. Does the smell age in its own way, the way a human would age? Or is this the dumbest podcast you've ever heard? <laughs> I'm going to throw a little bit of knowledge on you. Um, this actually happened, and that's where the term old fart came from. Oh. Yeah. And do you want to know who made that? I knew it. Do you want to know who made that, uh, coined that term? Clint Eastwood. <laughs> it should have been. <laughs> but actually, it was Howie Mandel. <laughs> oh, my God. Howie man smell. Yeah, see, it all comes full circle on this show. <laughs> and that's why that's why the swampies keep coming back. Yeah. They stick around for this shit. 
for God knows what reason. <laughs> I don't know. How did we get here? I don't know. I don't know. I think, yeah. Happy Halloween, baby. <laughs> Happy Halloween. We said scary things and I said farts are scary. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> All right. We found we found our way back home. Yeah, scary things. You know what else is scary? Is poop. No, we're not getting <laughs> we're not we're not doing this again. Imagine if they had poop in the cases and deal or no deal. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> they're like well i'm definitely not picking at that case why because there's diarrhea seeping through the sides <laughs> and it's just slowly dripping from the podium onto the floor <laughs> oh, every no. case is number two oh <laughs> uh. <laughs> Can somebody cancel us? Yeah, there needs to be like a button, a red button that just is canceled. There's people that just you, you canceled. Yeah, yeah, and that's the sound it makes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why does why is it always fun? Why are somebody write into the show? Why are farts always funny? Yeah, I don't know. Like everybody does it. It's an incredibly natural thing. Why is it a surprise every time? Why is it fucking funny every time? <laughs> I've never heard a fart and not been like, mm, can you please grow up? <laughs> well, I'm very excited for, to do this episode. Right. We are here for that. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> contrary to what you would think based on the beginning of this episode, we are actually reviewing a beloved movie. <laughs> <laughs> not only, not only a beloved movie by people, but, Beloved by us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, and yet here we are talk, spending our time talking about farts. Sure. That was the intro John Carpenter envisioned when he made the movie. Oh, for sure. I talked to him yesterday and he was like, yeah, you guys nailed it. <laughs> wait, you, wait, did you say you talked to him yesterday and he said that we nailed today's recording? Yeah. There's some things you need to know about John Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> But we're going to get into it. I'm going to out him as a time traveler. <laughs> John Carpenter, your time is up. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. That's why he's going He's going back in time. He's gaining time. I actually, uh, I was slipping through Hulu like maybe uh, like a month ago. Mm -hmm. And I saw the time machine on there. The one that came out in like the early 2000s, I think it was. And I remember seeing that that movie as like a, I was probably only like 10, 11, probably when it came out. And I remember thinking like, oh, like the design of the creatures in this movie, it was like really scary. So I turned it on. I started watching it and it, they weren't like, I was just like, why was I, why was I afraid of this? And I f was pretty sure that the movie was dog shit. Like. Like, I remember, like, even as a kid, like, watching it and being like, I don't think that was, like, that good. And uh, then I started watching it, and then I was like, oh, yeah, this thing really sucks. And I checked its Rotten Tomato score, and it was at, like, a 28%. <laughs> <laughs> and and, that, and I saw it for one of my friend's birthday parties. Like, one of my friends was like, we got to go see the time machine. And I was like, man, your, your like, 10th birthday sucked. <laughs> nice. Do you want to get well, into our, our spooky bracket, though? I would actually love to. This was an interesting bracket. This was, you know, is this the third year we've done a Halloween bracket? Yes. Yeah, it is. Nice. So I feel like this has been the most diverse list from the past two Halloween ones, mm -hmm. even though there were a couple of movies that have been on all of them. Yeah. And The Thing is one of those. It's always been on the list. The Thing was, was also... <laughs> I think I tried jamming it into like three other brackets or two <laughs> other brackets because we did it for, um, it was definitely in the isolation one. I think. Yeah, that's, I think that's the, the one it was in. I don't know if we did it in any other ones. We were like, Oh, there's snow. It's in the Christmas one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Expect <laughs> that in a month. <laughs> yeah. It's coming back. Well, now it's not eligible. Unfortunately. True. 
That would have been fun to just throw that in there. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with you though. Uh, you know, every, every time we do one of these brackets, we've, uh, you know, put up on Instagram, like tell us what your, your favorite movie to watch around this time is. Then we take the responses and, uh, we did, we asked people that on the newsletter as well as Instagram this year. And we got a, a ton of responses this time and a bunch were like unorthodox maybe, but, but very cool ones that you wouldn't normally think of. So I was just like, Oh, this is awesome. Cause I feel like a lot of the Halloween brackets that we've done, they've been kind of um, like by the books kind of, it's like you always have like your Friday the 13th and your nightmare on Elm street and like mm-hmm. all those, uh, you know, typical Halloween. Yeah. Like child's play, all those slasher movies that are just like classics, but pretty standard. And then there was a few movies. I, I was talking to I'm trying to remember which swampy it was. Um, but they were like, Oh yeah, the bracket's pretty cool. And I was like, I can't remember the last time I even thought about the movie splice. I was like, yeah, that movie came and went for me <laughs> when it came out. But yeah, no, there was, there was a bunch of cool ones. And, uh, the results were were pretty interesting. Um, that being said, not this first one, because I'm just going to get into it. The first round, uh, matchup one versus 16, was Get Out, which was a new one to our bracket, versus Hocus Pocus, which is a mainstay. Always. And in typical, yeah, in typical Hocus Pocus fashion, it gets a ton of votes, but no one votes for it. It always loses horribly in the first round. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it always gets annihilated. We'll get... Like tons, the most frequently, like when we put up the thing saying like, give us your suggestions for like your favorite Halloween time movies. That way we can put them in the bracket and do this thing. Hocus Pocus by far, like no other movie even comes close. Not even Halloween, which we did do an episode. That was our first Halloween episode, Mm -hmm. but not even the movie named after the holiday is brought up and mentioned (laughs) half as much as Hocus Pocus is brought up. Then it comes time to vote and it gets like two votes. (laughs) Yeah. It just gets smoked by whatever it goes up against. Yeah. At this point, I want to just, maybe we do just keep it. I don't know if we eliminate it or if we keep it and just see, we're going to be like 30 years down and be like, I guess we're finally doing Hocus Pocus. We're in our like (laughs) sixties. Yeah. Well, we eliminate movies from contention when they win. So by that point, just like all the movies will have won at that point. So it's just like a bracket of one. And we're just like, okay, we got to yeah. just do Hocus Pocus. Um, yeah, I watched, I I watched this time. thing uh, recently and Sarah Jessica Parker was talking about her like most iconic roles. And she started talking about Hocus Pocus per- pretty early on in it. And she was just like, yeah, people like love this movie. Um, I've never watched it. <laughs> I was like, oh God. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> amazing so, i've never watched it i think she said like she watched it like once at the premiere and I, that was like the last time like she was pretty much just like i don't really remember much about it honestly and that was like all she had to say about it <laughs> i was like oh cool yeah um the second matchup though uh the two seed versus the 15th seed was kiki's delivery service versus saw and saw won that one uh by a pretty wide margin that that's kind of suspected yeah, I was going to say, though, I think last year Kiki's Delivery Service made it to at least the second round. Um, and I think so, too. But I, I don't know. Maybe people maybe people were, were rejuvenated by Spiral. Maybe people were like, wow. Is <laughs> is Kiki's really like a Halloween movie? I know I know it's like a witch and all that, but... um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a great movie. I just... It is a great movie. I almost I, feel like Howl's Moving Castle feels more like a... Uh, a Halloween movie just because mm. it's more spooky I feel like yeah I don't know if you mentioned this on the pod you got to go see that in the theater recently yeah it was awesome yeah like cool seeing a movie like that in theater missed Spirited Away Spirited Away happened um like early November and I didn't know it was it was going to be in theaters that would have been a cool one yeah that would have been awesome the third matchup though was the Evil Dead versus Friday the 13th Evil Dead uh won that um, it was closer than expected. Uh, cause like I was actually talking about Friday the 13th with Brandon the other day. And, uh, I was like, Jason's like, like he's an iconic character for Halloween and everything. But do you feel like any of the Friday the 13th movies are really that good? As in like good as a movie, like a good movie. Yeah. Mm, probably not, but 
they are, I think they are really good, um, good horror movies, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, they're not, um, it's not high cinema by any stretch of the imagination. I'd argue most horror movies are not quite there. Like, actually, John Carpenter is somebody who really, like, elevated a genre and mm-hmm. brought more of his, like, a cinematic touch to it. Whereas I feel like, um, I mean, he also came up in like the best time to be doing that shit. Yeah. Like the seventies for horror fucking amazing. Um, but he's, he's a major part of it. I also just realized this is our third Halloween episode special. And, um, it's our second time talking about John Carpenter. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even put that together, but it's true. Yeah. I just, I just put it together now for me. Like I was just thinking about it. I feel like a lot of the, the, you know, slasher classics and stuff like obviously Halloween is like one of like the gold standards. It's also one that I think most of these other movies pulled from. I think Friday the 13th especially is like in some ways a Halloween ripoff, but I feel like the other ones around it at least have something like different to offer. Like I feel like uh like nightmare on Elm street, at least like that's very campy and there's, there's humor to it and stuff. Yeah. I just kind of feel like Friday the 13th, like all of them feel like, yeah, the character is iconic and stuff like that, but is the movie itself doing anything different than anything else? And I, I don't really think so, but right. that was, that was just something like when the bracket was going on, I thought about it and I was like, huh? Um, but the evil dead won that the next matchup, the fourth Good. seed versus the 13th seed was possessor versus Hellraiser and Hellraiser mm. smoked possessor. <laughs> it wasn't even close. Now, I had never even heard of Possessor, but but Hellraiser is my favorite horror movie. Yeah. Possessor was in my top 10 for last year. Oh, was it? That's why. Yeah, I actually, I thought it was very cool that Possessor was in here because uh, like, I think it's an awesome movie. It's had a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, wow. Um, but me personally, like, thought it was really awesome that it was there. Um, Hellraiser was, like, probably, like, in my, like, top three for movies that I wanted to review on this. There was a bunch on here that I was like, I would really like to rewatch that. Uh, but yeah, this, this might actually be like the biggest gap in voting. Uh, Cause I feel like nobody saw possessor last year, like with the pandemic and everything. But it, it was cool that I got some votes when we were like asking people about what movies we should put on here. Hmm. The next matchup was train to Basan, the fifth seed versus fright night uh, train to Basan won that pretty handily. Also, I kind of expected that. Yeah, I was going to say, to be honest, I had no interest in reviewing Fright Night, so I was pretty cool with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cabin in the Woods was a six seed uh, going up against Splice in the first round, and Cabin in the Woods destroyed Splice, which I assumed that would happen. The next matchup was The Conjuring, the seventh seed going up against Killer Clowns from Outer Space. The Conjuring won that one. Boo. <laughs> yeah, I would have preferred to have talked about the first Conjuring, but at the same time, because... I'm not as big of a fan of killer clowns, but I will also say this. We just talked about the conjuring universe like 10 yeah. episodes ago. So it was pretty redundant. Um, and then the eighth seed versus the ninth seed was the thing versus trick or treat and the thing won. And then the next matchup going into the second round, we had get out for saw get out one that I was pretty convinced. Then I was like, I think that get out might win this whole thing. Really? Yeah, I thought Get Out was going to win after the second round because it was just smoking movies and it's recent and it, you know, just won Oscars and Jordan Peele's The Man. I was like, I feel like it's probably going to win. See, I didn't I didn't have a lot of confidence in it because I thought with the mind of like, is this movie great? Yes. But do I think people think about it when Halloween comes around? No, I don't. I don't think that this one would be seen as much as like a good movie to watch around Halloween. So if people were voting with that in mind, I would hope that most of the people that are voting are realize that it's at this point for a Halloween themed episode. But I feel like we also have some people that maybe just vote on social media that don't actually listen to the show very frequently. Right. So my worry was that they would just see like, Oh, what would you prefer to watch this movie or this movie? And they would just click whichever one they like more. Right. Yeah. Get out on that one. Uh, Evil Dead versus Hellraiser. This one was really close, but Evil Dead squeaked this one out. 
this was the toughest showdown because it was my number one pick to do an episode on up against probably tied for my number two or number three pick. Mm-hmm. Cause like the, those two plus the thing are like three of my favorite horror movies period. Yeah. And as much as like, I like the thing more than evil dead. I thought evil dead would be a really fun episode to do. And especially with like, Doctor Strange 2 coming and Sam Raimi and like all the discussion about like his Spider-Man stuff now getting attention because of the multiverse of this new one. So I was like, oh, that would be really cool if we got to do an episode on Evil Dead and we can talk about like Sam Raimi and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But very, you know, I I fucking love the thing. It's it's a go to when people are like, you know, gun to your head. What's your favorite movie? I just say the thing. I actually think my top three movies to do a review on were, were your top three movies to do a review on. Uh, just just hearing you say the that. best movies. Yeah. Um, the next seed or the next matchup, though, was Train to Basan versus The Thing. The Thing won that one. That was also one that were, the gap was pretty large between the two. And the next matchup was Cabin in the Woods versus The Conjuring, and Cabin in the Woods won that one. And the final four was Get Out versus The Thing. This may have been the closest matchup of the entire thing, get out lost to the thing by only like a couple votes. It was really close. And then cabin in the woods beat evil dead in the third round and going on to the final, the thing beat cabin in the woods by a sizable margin, which I was, we both talked about off mic. We were, we were pretty happy about it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, well, I, Cabin in the Woods got so far it made, they made it to the finals and I was like how how there were a couple of movies that went up against where I was just like uh uh-uh, uh 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 you no way you're beating this one <laughs> I think it's first round I was like yeah that I expected mm-hmm. but after that I was like no and then we got to the finals I was like fuck like we're so close to reviewing the thing like if I have to re- review Cabin in the Woods I'm going to be pissed like it would have been a raunchy episode. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you, you texted me and you're just like, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with these people. <laughs> you're like, I am not doing a review on Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> yeah. I think I told you, I was like, yeah, I don't want to review it either. I mean, I would have, but I think we would have done it begrudgingly. I'm like, what's wrong with you people? There were better choices, but yeah. yeah. The three movies that I, I wanted to rewatch the most though on the entire bracket were, Probably the thing number one. And then probably I'm gonna say probably Evil Dead Two and then Hellraiser. Um but mm-hmm. but it was the same top three for you basically. Like those are the ones I wanted to rewatch. And yeah, you know, just just getting into the thing now. I, partially why I wanted to rewatch the thing so much is because I think this is completely different for you. I know this is one of your favorite movies of all time. I really have not watched the thing that many times. Like this was probably only the third time I've ever watched it. Mm, interesting. Yeah. And, I've watched this a lot. Yeah. I will tell you why like later on, but yeah, I really haven't watched it that many times. So when it was like getting down to the wire, I was like, I would love to rewatch it. Cause I know I like the movie, but I ha- I'm not like, like, I don't remember everything like perfectly. So it'd be, it would be fun to check it out. And then also just, I, I always feel like a hypocrite being an animator, but I'm always just like, I, I just love practical effects. And I mean, is, is the thing not like the gold standard in practical effects? Oh, hundred percent. But the thing directed by John Carpenter, this came after Halloween and um, escape from New York and the fog and stuff like that. Uh, Bill Lancaster and John W. Campbell, uh, they were the writers on this movie and it stars Kurt Russell uh, Wilford Brimley, Keith David, Richard Masur. I'm trying to remember. There, there's a lot of actors in this movie, but they feel like uh, most of them get around like the same amount of screen time besides Kurt Russell. Charles Hall- Hallahan, he plays Vance. Yeah, I mean, Kurt Russell's the main character. He's, he's McCready and he he eats up this, <laughs> every scene that he's in. If it's not him, it's it's uh, <laughs> the creatures and the practical effects on screen. But where do you want to start with this, man? Because I know you love this movie. Love this movie. Where I want to start with it is right at the beginning, man, when the fucking music 
Oh, the music. John Carpenter's music in his movies is so good, but especially the score for The Thing is one of my favorite movie scores of all time, period. Mm-hmm. So good. Just that. Dun, dun. Dun, dun. Because <laughs> it's not even, like, perfectly timed, like, syncopated. It's like... You know, if you're if you're counting like four fours, it's it's coming in on like the two the first time, and then it's coming in on the four the next time you hear it. It's like spaced out, like not perfectly. Like there's so many, and like the synthiness, it's so like that fucking. It just sounds of its time, but also timeless because like it's not it's not like super overly like layered and produced where it's. I fucking love John Carpenter's scores. Like, I, it's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. Actually, I went and saw Halloween Kills this past week, and they, uh, they like pay homage to like the Halloween intros in this one. They they do it again, and his his you know the Halloween theme comes in uh, in the beginning of the movie. And every time like I hear it, they did that in the last one also. But I was just like, every time it plays, I'm like, this is just so good. It's so it, it slaps. And then exactly with your point, I love like very synthy scores usually um, as long as they're, they fit whatever they're doing. And, you know, I feel like a lot of them uh, feel kind of um, maybe like they pay homage to certain types of movies, or at least they like, uh, bring up the feeling of a certain type of movie. I remember when Stranger Things came out and like the the synth score for that one. I was like, oh, this is like really reminiscent of like all those like older like movies that like used to watch all the time, and that still gives me the feeling. But exactly like you said, it's not over the top, and I feel like they give you this like very eerie synth heavy score, um, but it doesn't feel cheesy, and it it's all mood, especially with like the like you were saying there's almost like a lack of music in it where it's just very like droning in the background. But yeah, I remember we were talking the other day about it and you were just like the fucking score, man. I was like, yeah, it's really, really good. I would probably put the music in this over a lot of my favorite, like horror movies or sci-fi horror movies, like around this time. Like I always say I love alien, but I, I like the the music better in the thing than alien for sure. Yeah, dude, that's um, it's a big thing for, even the feel of the rest of the movie. I got to stop myself from just going through this movie, like beat by beat. Like I wouldn't do <laughs> it for like everything, but there's so many things like, all right. So since this is a movie that's been out forever, I, you know, we're not worried about spoilers or anything, but like, do you know the, um, do you know like the little fun trivia fact about the, the opening scene where the guy's getting chased by the dog? No. Or he's chasing the dog, I mean. Sorry. Yeah, yeah they're, shoot, um, they're shooting at the dog. Yeah, and then um, he's like, he like walks up to them. They're like, chill out, man, chill out, man, whatever. And he's yelling at them, and he's speaking in some some language, some Eastern European language, maybe Polish or something. Is it uh, Norwegian? Is that where Norwegian, yeah. But he, um, nobody can understand him. <clears throat> Our characters can't understand him. So fun, fun fact about that, if like, so people who saw the movie when it came out in that country where that guy was from, let's say it was Norway. Um, we're not saying it definitely is, but just for the sake of argument. Um, so he's screaming in Norwegian and the movie was ruined for everybody who saw it in that country because <laughs> the guy is screaming what happens in the movie, basically. <laughs> He's like, hey, guys, the dog is an alien. Like, don't let it in. Like, it can shapeshift. Yeah. It will kill all of you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So if if you knew Norwegian, you're like, that's the fucking surprise. That's the whole movie. That's the, what do you mean? Like, now, like, all of that, like, discovery that you get throughout the movie is just spoiled for you. Yeah. So, like, that, that whole country was just like, what? Like, goddamn it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's... Uh, thought that's like a fun little piece of trivia there's a this isn't so much trivia but um there's a lot of things like early on in the movie that i just think are really cool and but i think a lot of them comes down to the the effects and i feel like that's 
something we're going to talk a lot about. I don't know if you want to get to that next or if you want to talk about, you know, something else in terms of like the, the narrative, but. Oh, dude, just free, freewheeling, man, wherever you want to go. I don't right. care. Let, let's just go to the freaking effects because I said earlier that I really haven't watched that much. And part of that is actually because the effects in this movie are so uh, effective that parts of it actually make me feel nauseous. And it's a testament to how good the effects are on the movie and how visceral they are. And uh, some of the shots, when you find out exactly what they did, or you're just like, that is wild. Especially that one scene where the, the guy is trying to do basically like CPR on him and his hands go through his mm-hmm. chest. That entire scene is nuts. But yeah, I mean like a big reason I'm not really like a person where I'm like, I get affected by a lot of horror movies. Like I know a lot of people are like, like, Oh my God, like I can never watch like hereditary again. That scene with the girl and like sickly enough. That's more than piano wire for me. (laughs) Oh, that scene too. But like, I don't know. A lot of like, like gore and stuff doesn't really bother me. Um, but this movie, for whatever reason, like there, there are multiple parts where I'm just like, I hate looking at that, but I also love it at the same time. The part where the guy's head rips off and it like crawls away, basically. Um, oh, it's so good. Yeah. I remember, I'm not saying it's not good. I'm just saying that it is super effective. Yeah. Um, and then like, I remember actually when I watched this the first time I watched it at home because it was playing on like TV, the scene where they're testing the blood fucked me up. Because that Love scene it. happens so suddenly, and uh, we'll get into more about that. But yeah, the the effects on this movie are, I I this might actually be the best use of practical effects like ever. Maybe I don't I don't want to be too uh, you know outlandish with like my my statement, but it's just it's crazy yeah. the things that they did on this, like especially for the time that it came out, and then. If you watch the 2011 thing, I mean, there's there's a troubled uh, production on that with the studio and the, uh, you know, the people in charge of the effects because they tried to use a lot of practical and they were like, no, you got to use CGI. So a lot of the new one is uh, animatronics and practical effects, but then gone back over with CGI. And if you watch like the footage of them filming that movie, it looks a lot more visceral and and scary than the actual movie came out because of the CGI. But if you, yeah, I mean, if you're watching this movie, there's so many scenes where you're just like, how the fuck did they do that? Because there's really not many computer generated effects on this movie. And like one of the things I wanted to say, even the opening title card of this movie, which I know you love, because I think we had a question one time where it was like, what's your favorite movie poster of all time? And you had mentioned that you love the thing. And, uh, yeah, the, I have three different thing t-shirts of just like that poster design and like different variations of it. Yeah. The, even the opening title card for this movie where it just says the thing that's not like done in a computer and it's like motion graphics. Um, or even like really drawn the way that, do you know how they did that? No, <laughs> they basically like the artist drew the logo for the thing on an animation cell, put it on the side of a fish tank, filled the fish tank up with smoke and put a light in it. And then he covered the back of the fish tank with like a black, um, like garbage bag. So like you couldn't wow. see the text and then he filmed it by lighting the garbage bag on fire. So when the garbage bag le- like, leaves it burns away and lets the light through and then you see it through the animation cell but like they like it's crazy because like so many things nowadays are just like it's a no-brainer just do that in a computer and this is like crazy artistry with all like practical effects like it's funny if you listen to the guy who did it he's like it was really quite simple i just got a fish tank out and did it (laughs) yeah and i'm just like who would have thought to do that and uh yeah right even uh you know like the uh the ship in the beginning, you know, they, they filmed or they made a real ship that like had all the lights in it and everything like that. And that's, that's something that's literally on the screen for like, what is that? Five seconds, 10 seconds in the beginning of the movie. And they, they went out and made an entire miniature for it instead of just doing something, uh, you know, I feel like it would be very easy to do a computer generated flying saucer. 
but they went out and spent all the effort making it a, a, a full scale miniature and filming it and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, just the effects on it, you can, you can talk more about it, but the effects on this movie are just insane. Like I, th- there's so many movies that try and come close to mastering practical effects the way that uh, it's done here. And they just, I, I feel like it never lives up to the, uh, like the visceral nature of this movie. So many, so the, the effects are amazing. And I think the, the design is amazing too. And I think that's what makes it so iconic is one, just how well it's pulled off technically with what you're talking about, but just the images that they created and the staying power of those images, I think is something even beyond like, that's a level of creativity that it's one thing to like think of it. And it's another thing to have it come to life. But for both of these things, to work so perfectly is just brilliant. Like, you know, the guy, the, the one where the aliens like splitting apart and it's like melts and dies and it's got like the two faces Mm -hmm. and, um, like that's so cool. Or like the head, like upside down with the fucking spider legs or crab legs, whatever you want to refer to it as. Yeah. And running around, um, the dog, like turning itself inside out fucking, so many crazy looking things, not only crazy in the way that they're done, but like that, that thought, like to think of those and like, I don't know. It's just so cool. Like it's so cool. Like I think about like all of that. I'm like, literally any one of those would be an awesome tattoo. (laughs) There's, there's a bunch in it that are like insane the way that they thought of it. And also probably like (laughs) based on, uh, kind of like, safety protocols now probably wouldn't happen today. Um, did you, yeah. Have, do you know, like fire? Yeah. I was going to say, do you know in particular, the two that are probably the craziest are when the guy I was mentioning before, when he puts his hands down on the chest to do like CPR, do you know how they did that? No. So the chest basically like they have the one scene of the chest ripping open, which was a uh, a giant. I think that was designed to be a one take. They were like, this can only, it's going to take like actually 10 hours to set up. So the guy had to be like laying <laughs> in that contraption for like 10 hours. And they were like, it's going to take forever to set up. And they like meticulously set it up. And then when the thing ripped open, it like didn't do what it was supposed to do. And they had to redo it again. Um, but I'm trying, mm. I think that was the scene before I can't, really remember but the scene with the cpr though he pushes down the chest opens and then it basically like bear traps his arms and and rips his arms off and uh yeah i love it and uh they like show it and uh you know like the arms has like the bone sticking out of it and like blood and stuff and it it looks real it looks crazy um but what they did is like that that like bear trap mechanism was like an actual like hydraulic system that would like was like meant to like pull like vehicles, like super heavy duty. Like if your actual hands got caught in it, it would crush them. And Hmm. they built prosthetic hands where it was like everything inside of it. Like they built the veins and the bones and they were all made of different things. So they would like react accordingly. And then they got um, basically like a stunt actor who actually didn't have arms um, to like f- go in the role f- for there. And they just put these prosthetic arms on his arms and they were just like, yeah, reach in there. So like they, you know, normally now, like they would probably like put like a, a green screen, you know, sleeve over someone's arm and just like film them after the fact. But right. Yeah. Like the actual scene is this guy putting in these fake arms into it, seeing the actual, destruction of them and then his reaction afterwards is not like a post thing it's like this guy actually wearing uh severed body parts basically on on him and and reacting to it but like the the entire scene is is all real and then then the other one when the head is going to rip off that scene uh kurt russell was um you know, he, he's using a flamethrower on the room and yeah. the head starts to rip off. 
and I guess they were like about to film it. And they had spent like the entire day, like stuffing the head with like just as much like nasty shit as possible. And I guess there was like fumes from all the stuff they were putting it in the room and they like, didn't think about it, mm-hmm. but they were like, I guess, uh, I guess they were like about to shoot it. And then John Carpenter was like, Oh wait, like, you know, McCready's using a flamethrower. We need to have like flames in the scene. So they're like, so like, let's like get like a, like, I think they call it like a fire bar, which is basically just like a pipe that you light and it's got like fire that comes out. Well, like we'll put it under the camera, but apparently they like they yeah. didn't think about it and they, they lit the thing and then like the entire thing exploded. Like the entire room Whoa. got lit. Yeah. And they were, they were like, it was like a near death experience and then they had to like remake it. <laughs> but like, yeah, oh, there, man. there's just a bunch of th- like the commitment to like, we have to make everything real on this movie is, is insane. I know a lot of that has to do with just the time, but you know, computer effects were being used then. And this is pretty much a movie where they were just like, now nah, we're, everything is going to be as real as possible. There are, there are even a few scenes in the movie that are, I guess didn't make their way into the movie where they tried to do stop motion which is real, but it's not on the same level as using real people and everything. And they cut them because they're just like, no, that doesn't look real, real enough. That's amazing, man. Does anybody make movies like that anymore? That's, I mean, no, but that's when movies like that do come around that are, are very, um, you know, like body horror, like very heavy on practical effects that do come out. I like so much. I think I've mentioned multiple times on the pod. There's a movie called the void that came out like four or five years ago. And, it's not on the same level as the thing, but it does, you know, it has a, a firm commitment to like, we're only going to use practical effects for the most part. And, uh, a lot of like shape shifting stuff in it. And I feel like a lot of people who like the thing will enjoy that movie in some way or another for the most part. And, uh, I know when it came out, I think it's got like maybe like a 70 on Rotten Tomatoes, but it came out and I was like, I really like that. And it's not so much because I think it's a great movie, but I think it's just nobody's doing that anymore. Um, right. And I, I wish more people did it. Yeah. Well, you mentioned our boy, Mr. Russell of Curtness. Yeah. He, him and John Carpenter are fucking great together. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit before we got on the phone because we talked about um, Escape from New York and LA and big trouble in little China, which I fucking love. It's like such mm-hmm. a good movie. Think about that movie a lot. And uh, what's the other one? They did something else together. I think love him. And like, I mean, I'm, I guess in horror movies, it's always been a thing of like, here's a group of people, pick them off one by one. Mm-hmm. But if you want to talk about like themes of the movie and stuff, the, I don't know when else they've done like uh you know, yes, here's a group. Yes, they're getting picked off one by one, but it could be any of them. Not even in a sense of like, oh, the killer is one of us, but like it could like it's it's somebody else. It's an alien. Like it's not even that the killer is one of the people. It like is an alien and it's just like it's hiding amongst us. Like we're we are sitting in the room with an alien right now and none of us know mm-hmm. who it is and like the intensity of that and like you were talking about the blood testing scene like that's what makes that so good because there is no question in the viewer's mind that one of these people is a horrible alien monster so we know we're going to find out who it is eventually i at uh, as opposed to it just being like, oh, like it's a completely a mystery. Like it might not even be one of these people. It's probably like some third party who's not in the room or whatever. But this is just like, oh, we are for sure in the presence of what is inevitably going to kill us. Yeah. I love that scene though, too, because th- in that scene, there are people that you suspect. And also just based on like kind of tropes of movies it would probably make sense for them to like test down the line. And then it's like, Oh, we're down to the last person. And then like shit pops off. But I feel like you suspect someone and it's not that person. And then when the thing does reveal itself, like in the middle of them testing, it is very jarring. Like I remember the first time seeing it, I was, I did not expect it. It shook me. I was just like that. And then that, it 
shit just pops off in that scene. Like they got the guy on fire, which again, that's all real. They, they got like this guy that had to wear this suit and I guess he couldn't breathe while he was on fire. So they would basically like light him on fire. He would hold his breath. He would do his scene. But then as soon as like it was done, they'd have to put him out, get him out of the suit and then he could start breathing again. Yeah. But like, it's so nuts. The, the entire they're scene though, like, human life. We don't care. Yeah. They're just like, we, we got to make a cool movie. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, that, that entire scene. And I think that scene in particular kind of encapsulates like, yes, the movie would be cool with just really awesome effects, but it probably wouldn't have the same power if it didn't have all these other layers to it. And I kind of feel like that scene encapsulates a lot of what I love about it. And that, you see the worst in people and at some points in the movie, you're like, what's, what's worse? Like the way these people are reacting now, because there are people that just get killed in those moments that don't even have, they're not even infected. It's like people become almost like primal in in, in this movie. But then on top of that, like almost like that whodunit element to it, it's not a whodunit, but like, you know what I mean? Where, there is yeah. something amongst you the entire time and you don't know who has it in them and stuff like that it just keeps you on the edge of your seat the entire time. And I feel like I do feel like this movie doesn't have a ton of characterization to it, but I feel like all the characters are used well to basically push the horror forward. And uh, yeah, like as soon as the, the, the thing becomes present in the movie with the dogs, I feel like you are on the edge of your seat the entire movie. Heart pumping, nonstop thriller. You should get a freaking Michael Jackson clip. They should. Thriller. He would tell that alien to beat it. <laughs> then the alien would just start beating it. Starts beating his dick. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I don't really have much else for notes. Do you want to just do a tomato tomato? Yeah, yeah, we can we can do that. I, I do have one more thing that I just wanted to to touch on, but it but it is smaller. So there, there were two versions of this movie, uh, in like in regards to the ending, and I think the ending of this movie is very it's it's kind of on a down note. It's pretty nihilistic, but I love that, and I'm pretty sure you love those types of endings in movies as well. But there was an ending to this movie where uh, McCready is alive, and they give him a blood test at the end of the movie, and his blood comes back clean. And like, you know that he survived it. And then they just decided they're just like, nope, this is how it's going to end. Like no confirmation that anyone made it out. It's pretty much just both the, the entity and all the people just went down together. And yeah, I like that. I was going to, yeah. Like I kind of, there's sometimes where like, I wish that there was more of a wrap up at the end where I'm just like, what was the point? But I just feel like the way this movie plays out with the people kind of, in some ways becoming villains themselves. I feel like this is the only way that you could end it. And I, I love the ending on it. Yeah, no, me too. It's so good. So, and yeah, like I I love, I think we both love that. And I think that's one of the reasons why it sticks with me. Like as one of my favorites, it's so, uh, there's something like wrong about everyone, everybody, the movie, tells you to like fucking dies (laughs) so it's just like cool and interesting when you see it happen yeah for sure and especially back then like it was it was less of a scene thing like usually there is some hero who makes it out you're Mm -hmm. you know somebody who can carry it as a franchise almost um even in like alien you got ripley and um you, you got Jamie Lee Curtis and Halloween and stuff like that. There is something that you can carry it on. And this is just like, no, everyone's done. It's over. Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of horror movies actually like, it's almost like a thing now where at the end of each movie, they're, they're just like, no, like it's a horror movie. Everyone has to die. Like, I feel like that's become more common lately, but I feel like yeah. a lot of movies that I see now just do it to do it. Like there's no, there's no real reason behind it. I feel like this is a movie where like it actually has a reason behind doing that and what probably should happen. And uh, so like, I I love the darkness of it, but I also just love that it feels natural. Like that's the way this movie should have ended. Right. Um, You want to get into tomato tomato? 
I would love it. Tomato, tomato. The critics, they're bringing this in at 86%. Okay. So B. Uh, the audience, yeah, though. Pretty good. The audience, they're bringing this in at a 92%. Yeah, because that is right. <laughs> that is more correct. So I'm clearly saying tomato. Mm-hmm. And for me, this movie is an A+. No questions asked. Nice. Uh, I'm going tomato as well. And for me, this is an A. Like I said, I think the only thing that I would really want more of on it is just more character to it. And I don't think that yeah. was really the, like, I don't think that was really something they, they felt they needed to explore based on the themes and stuff. But I feel like mm-hmm. I have mentioned that a lot on recent episodes. I just, I would rather have a character that I can gravitate towards more. And I feel like in this movie, you gravitate towards Kurt Russell, but it's not anything to really do with his character. It's more just because the movie tells you this is the main character. Um, but other, yeah. but other than that, I mean, I think this is like a staple in like every horror fans book, like sci-fi. And I think till this day, I mean, this movie's almost 40 years old. It does things that a lot of movies don't even come close to touching. Yeah, dude, hundred percent doing it better. Or longer. That's why it's one of my favorites. And it's a movie I go to. It doesn't matter. Oh, dude, especially through the winter. I love, like, on a, this is my favorite snow day movie. <laughs> like, you're snowed in. You're hit by a blizzard. And just, like, cool. Time to watch the thing. Make me feel real weird about this type of isolation. <laughs> Fucking seasonal affective disorder. Bring it on. <laughs> now, we, we did say this. It's actually funny um, because... I think the thing is actually based on a book and this is the second movie that they made like that. There's been three thing movies, right? I'm pretty sure like, don't quote me cause I haven't read the book or anything, but I'm actually pretty sure that John Carpenter is the thing. I mean, not only is it the best, but I actually think that it was the one that stays closest to the book. Um, cause I'm pretty hmm. sure the one that came before it is, is very different. Like it's not, so much the body horror, anything. I think it's kind of just like there's a person who looks like a person amongst them. That's not actually a person. And and that's it. But I think it also came out in like the fifties and it just like was not possible to do anything like that. Yeah. But yeah. And then the 2011 one is, is such a bummer. It's, it's not, it's not very yeah, good. But it's, a, it's not great. I actually have it on Blu-ray in the oh, other yeah. room because i'm just a loyalist <laughs> but i admit that it's not it's not great i've i've watched things with the um with like the the people involved in the movie mainly the people who worked on the the effects on the movie and they were pretty much like yeah like we we heard from all the fans we heard from everybody that they wanted practical effects that they wanted you know puppets and everything like that and and that's what we do like I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of the studio that worked on the effects for it, but they were actually supposed to do I am legend in the nineties when Ridley Scott was attached to I am legend. And then I guess hmm. the project got dropped. And then when they were, they decided to reboot or like, you know, pick up the project again um, later on when they did it with Will Smith, the studio was like, we want to we want to go with mainly like CGI in this movie, and they're like, no, because the studio that got hired to do the 2011 thing, their wheelhouse is practical effects, and they spent all this time coming up with creature designs and uh, making some really awesome stuff, and then basically like, you know, the the production company was like, well, it's 2011, like everyone does CGI now, and they just basically took everything they did and then like CGI'd over the top of it, and it's it looked, awful. It, yeah, it does not look good, and obviously they are upset because they're basically just like, yeah, we spent like all this time, you know, working on essentially art. Like that's, that's our art. That's, that was our vision. And then they just got people to basically draw over it <laughs> and destroy it. Yeah. So graffiti. Yeah. And there's, there's also an interview with, I'm pretty sure the director and the producer next to him. And like the, the director has to like walk this tightrope of being like, yeah, we really wanted to do practical effects, but like we also live in this time, but I think like we did a really good job of appeasing everybody, but you can tell in his head, he's just like, these fucking assholes ruined my movie. (laughs) Yeah. 
He can't say it because the producer's standing right next to him. But yeah, man. He can't say it because he wants to have a job still somewhere yeah. eventually. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm I'm very happy this one. Yeah, for sure. Now, granted, we're a little bit late for a Halloween special. <laughs> we're a little, <laughs> we're a little not in October. But that then again, my house is still decorated for Halloween, and it's gonna stay that way until like the second week of December because that's the earliest that I put up Christmas Christmas decorations. Mm-hmm. I, w- I went into uh, like Home Depot or Lowe's maybe like a month ago and there was already Christmas trees up and you know, your boy loves Ugh. Christmas, but I was just like, man, did, it's getting crazy. Did you see now. my Halloween tree? Oh yeah. Your Halloween tree is awesome. Yeah, dude, that was a, a fun project we did. You should just leave it like that for Christmas. I thought about that. Actually, Meg really wants to keep it like that. Also, most of my Christmas decorations are also spooky. Like I have a nutcracker. It's actually on my dresser right now. I'm just waiting. Um, I have a nutcracker, but instead of like your traditional nutcracker garb, it is the devil. Oh, actually I saw it. Last time I was at your house, I saw it. (laughs) Yeah. And then I also got, um, I got a gremlins toy. It's stripe, but he's wearing a Santa suit and he's got the bag and everything. So that's going to be a Christmas decoration. Very cool. And I got a uh, Misfits Crimson Ghost action figure, but he's also got, he's got like the Santa robe and a Santa hat and a sack full of toys. <laughs> so I got nice. spooky Christmas. Before, uh, before we wrap this up, I actually did want to just say this real quick. Um, I feel like we've done a lot of brackets over, you know, the last almost three years of doing this show. And I feel like on a bunch of occasions, like the movie that you want to do the most does not win. And yeah, especially like when we did the one where we picked movies, I feel like that one was like just very lopsided. Um, but for me, like, I don't even know if you saw them. It was really nice to see. We got a bunch of messages from swampies where they were just like, I'm voting strictly just for sky. Like I'm, I'm voting for Hellraiser only for sky. They're like, cause I feel <laughs> like he needs nice to have this, uh, this one. I was just like, Oh, nice. They got, they got the I boys need the back. Release. <laughs> Yeah, good, good. Remember that next time we have a a two dudes face off bracket and you pick only Collins movies, you <laughs> fucking goons. I don't need your fucking pity. I'll talk about Hellraiser when I goddamn want to. I'll do it every episode for the rest of my life and you're going to like it because you don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I put it in the intro for the Halloween theme. Just for you. Yeah, I know. I heard that. I loved it. <laughs> There's a couple in there that I was like, I'm putting this in, in for sky. Well, cool, man. Yeah. Another, another year, another bracket. And yeah, next bracket is probably going to be Christmas, right? Yeah. Yeah. There is one that we want to do, which is like a swampy bracket. Uh, we'll save that for a light period. Maybe, uh, maybe January, January, February. Yeah. Probably February. Because we're going to have movies coming out at the end of December that I think are going to bleed over and fill up January's yeah. stuff. And then it's probably February or post um, post duties. It's usually a slow time because uh, it's also post Oscars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, but yeah, best thing you guys can do in the meantime is uh, stay in touch with us. You can follow us at Two Dudes Movie Reviews. You can also check out uh, todosmoviereviews.com. Sign up for the newsletter that comes out monthly on random days <laughs> based, based on when, when we have time to write all of our, uh, all of our thoughts down. Um, oh, speaking of Instagram, you know, we got a very special episode coming soon in the form of Dune. Mm-hmm. Did you, <laughs> I changed my, uh, my Instagram handle. So, we're no longer matching where I am sky two dudes and you are Colin two dudes because I changed my handle to sky halud <laughs> and I pretty much only post dune memes now. So if you guys want all the spicy dune memes, you can follow me at sky halud. Yeah, I'm going to ha- just for continuity for the show. I'm going to have to change my name to Colin halud. <laughs> makes no sense. <laughs> Which will make no sense. <laughs> I was trying to think. I was like, I got to find a Dune reference where Colin's name fits in. <laughs> but 
You you can just change your name to Baron Colin Harkonnen. Mm. <laughs> or Colin Idaho. Yeah, you should be Colin Idaho. <laughs> Idaho. That's actually good. That's <laughs> really good. You just pick a name and then add a state to it. <laughs> That's basically dude. All right, we're gonna talk about it there. I know I've talked about it before, but I'm like, how do you do that? How do you do that? That's actually one of the memes I found. Somebody was just like, yo, Dune's crazy because you can meet a character and the name is like Hargathwar or it's like Mustakain. And then you meet a guy and his name is just like Stephen Jefferson. <laughs> so I was, what? I was talking about Dune uh, last night to uh, my brothers and I was like, yeah, you know, in the, in the movie, uh, you know, Baron Harkonnen, he, uh, you know, he levitates and I was like, and they don't tell you why in the, uh, in the movie. Um, I was like, but I found out from reading the book that it's basically just cause he's fat. And I was like, and that's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. He's just a fat boy. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, how, how deep are you in the book now? Uh, I'm about to say I'm like only like a hundred pages in. Ah, I will say nothing. There's there's more to do with why he needs suspenders and and his size and everything I, comes I, into play later. I was gonna say I actually know it. That that got a oh, okay. that got spoiled for me. But yeah, still oh, well. I, you'll I, enjoy it. I'm, I was gonna, gonna say I still just like the the idea of just like, man, this guy's got awesome tech. Why? Not because he's rich, but because he's fat. <laughs> it's like I need to get fat. Maybe get fatter than I already he's am. A big boy. Yeah. <laughs> he need, he's a big boy. He needs the jetpack. <laughs> well, we're dying to talk about Dune. That episode is coming soon. And I did mean to rhyme. So on that note, suck it, swampies.